Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast of the Carolinas by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash Podcast! What is going on, guys? You are tuned into the newest episode of the Fistful of Cash Podcast. I am your host, Dale Lippin. Like always, in here with the co-host of all co-hosts, Soup. What's going on, man? Nothing, man. Um, so, recording a day late. I'm actually, I'm actually glad that we're recording a day late. Um, because some big time NBA news yesterday. Yeah. Big time. Um, my probably my two favorite social media related NBA players. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. with the famous tweet. You know, everybody's got God-given talents. Mine is just out here slanging that wood. That's true. And uh, my, I think my favorite moment of all time from, you know, our man, Michael Rappaport. Who the fuck is this? Who the fuck is Tingus Pingus? Tingus Pingus, prison god, got traded. Um, the unicorn. The unicorn. The Knicks have to be the, – the only thing that makes sense here is they got rid of him, they got rid of Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee. So that's a lot of cap space. The speculation is Kyrie, who shows no interest in staying in Boston whatsoever, um, but says he wants to play with LeBron, so I don't know what, what's going on with that. But Kyrie to New York and Kevin Durant, because now they have enough cap space to do two max contracts. And if – Dude, if the Knicks can pull Kyrie and Kevin Durant, that org- that entire city is going to burn to the ground. That will be unbelievable. Knicks fans will rejoice. Uh, I can't even. Im- I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Right, dude. I don't. I, honestly, I would. I, you couldn't pay me enough to play in New York. It's a death sentence for your career. You're going to get hurt if you go there. You're going to get hurt. I, I, I don't. I don't know, dude. I could see the city getting all fired up about it, but I could also see it just completely not working out at all. Um, almost like whenever the Lakers tried to stack with uh, with Malone and, and <laughs> Gary Payton, Gary Payton, and just absolutely, oh, dude, like man. absolutely everybody and their brother was on that team. You know, I, I guess, I guess realistically, you could make the argument that maybe that was the first super team. Um. Because that was, you know, it really didn't get at the time any more stacked than that, and that was just a dumpster fire of a season. Uh, anyway, all right. NBA news aside, we got a lot to cover. We got a UFC event, and we've got um, we've got a, the Super Bowl, obviously, which is a, a much bigger thing going on. Had some time to think about these picks, and I'm feeling a little bit better about them uh, than we, even yesterday, especially after weigh-ins. Uh, I always like making plays after weigh-ins. I feel way better about it. Um, so let's let's get after these real quick. All right, dude. Justin Ledette, Johnny Walker, main card. We slept on Johnny Walker the first time. He absolutely 
murked Cleo Roundtree. Cleo Roundtree is licking his wounds in Thailand, learning how to get his, get his Muay Thai on after getting handled in the clinch by Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker's taking on Justin Ledette. Walker's coming in at plus 195 favorite, or I'm sorry, Walker's coming in a minus 195 favorite over unders at two and a half rounds. I like the under two and a half in this fight. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's the right play. Um, I like, I think we're both agree that we like Johnny Walker in this fight. We both think that Johnny Walker, if I mean, I, I believe he'd finish it in the distance. So under two and a half, um, a lot better odds than just taking Johnny Walker as the favorite. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing too, is you got, you know, uh, the, the over under two and a half, uh, with the under two and a half being at minus minus one ninety five. the actual, will the fight go the distance line is no, is at minus one seventy five. So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't appear as if anybody's really counting on this fight going the distance. Both of these guys have the, uh, do not have the propensity to take fights to the ground. They want to keep it standing. So somebody's getting punched in the face, and I think somebody's going to go to sleep. So Johnny Walker, Justin Ledette, the under two and a half is the play there. All right, moving on. Main event, uh, not main event, but on the main card here. Charles Oliveira, David Tamier. Uh, Oliveira, obviously, all-time leader in finishes uh, in the lightweight division. And I don't know if that's UFC-wide or not, to be honest. We've got to have to double-check. But he's taken on one of the Tamer brothers who you know are gifted kickboxers. After weigh-in soup, there was a little bit of a line move. Tamer's actually a bigger dog at this point. He's at plus 105. Uh, yeah, I, I see that. Yep. Yeah, and Oliveira's currently sitting at minus 125. Over, under, on rounds is coming in at a round and a half. How do you feel about this? I, I know when we talked about this yesterday, we both we uh, disagreed. Um, on the fighter and the rounds, I did not get to see weigh-ins. Um, with the line moving, though, I'm guessing that's not good for Tamer. Um, he must have looked like uh, like a little TJ Dillashaw-ish, uh, straight out of a you know, uh, what what did you refer to it as? Oh, a Syrian. Some kind of Syrian camp or something like that. It was just yeah. Syrian Syrian refugee Syrian camp. refugee camp. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll let I'll let you pick this one. My gut instinct when we talked yesterday was David Tamer, but if if he didn't look good at weigh-ins, then I'd I'd veer away from it. Well, all the lines moved in the favor of what I had initially talked about when we spoke yesterday. Um, Oliveira is a bigger favorite. The over-under is coming in at under one and a half, is at plus 130. And the overall is on the will the fight go the distance is actually a minus 230. So they're predicting a finish here. Uh, like I said, Oliveira struggles with elite-level strikers, and Tamer is exactly that. However, Oliveira's got all the momentum, and he's fighting in Brazil. Uh, I think he's going to get after Tamer early while they're wet, or while they're dry before they have a chance to really slick up, and I think he's going to tap him out. Seven and a half minutes is a long time to tr- try to survive against the ground specialist in his backyard uh, in Charles Oliveira. I think the under one and a half is the play here. Um, you know, conversely, Tamer might sleep him uh, when he's coming in for a takedown or trying to close the distance because Oliveira is susceptible to being knocked out. And he has struggled with strikers in the past. 
Um, I don't think there's any value in playing the will the fight go the distance at minus 230. Um, and it's only coming back at plus 160. So I don't think there's value there. But I like the uh, plus 130 on the under a round and a half. Let's, you know, Brazil cards either they either make you or break you. And I think this is going to be one chock full of finishes. And I, I like the under one and a half here. So if you're right with that, I'm going to go ahead and put a play on that. Yeah, that's okay good. With it. All right, cool. Let's do that. All right. Let's do this. Next one. Speaking of ground specialists, um, you know, <sighs> well, here's the thing. Okay. Well, before we move on, uh, dude, uh, you got me double thinking this Olivera Tamer fight. Um, you know what? At the plus 130 for a round and a half, I'd hate to see him get a late second round submission. Let me call an audible here. Let's put that at just Oliveira. Okay. <laughs> Let's put it at Oliveira. You, you throw a variable on there and try to do the round and a half if you want. Um, you know, minus one twenty five still isn't bad odds. Uh, let I'm I'm just I'll make the pick Oliveira with a with a you know a lean on the under a round and a half. Let's do that. I'll, that I'll works. lean on that. All right. That works okay. for me. All right. Um. Next one, ground specialist, like we're talking about. Damian Maya versus Lyman Good. Like I said before, especially going into the Ben Saunders fight, Lyman Good is one of the scariest dudes on the UFC roster. He just doesn't fight that often. But this is a whole card full of Brazilian taking on Brazilian. So Lyman Good, striking specialist, chock full of muscle density taking on Damian Maya, the human backpack. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, get your blankie and your pillow ready if you're watching the Damian Maya fight. Um, I... <clears throat> If I had to pick a fighter, I have to go with Damian Maya until proven otherwise. I, I don't like watching him fight, but <clears throat> he gets results. And if I had to get the rounds over, it's over one and a half, the minus 170 on the over and a plus 140 on the under, I'd probably just ride both favorites on this one just because I feel like Damian Maya will drag it out and make it a long, painful boring experience so i'd go damian maya at the minus 180 and the over one and a half at minus 170 yeah i'm actually yeah i i mean i'm with you and i hate i hate leaning on that logic but i say it all the time and, and we sort of do that and it, it becomes it becomes commonplace to the point where you almost have to again damian maya until proven otherwise the guy has shown himself to be near unstoppable in in non-title fights um, and, and like I said, he's fighting a guy with very minimal, uh, octagon activity in the course of the last three years or so, uh, Lyman good is a monster and there, there is a real, uh, a real possibility that he can get Damian Maya out of there if he's able to touch Damian Maya, but it's going to be, can he avoid that? And I think that, um, you know, I think Damian Maya is the play here, um, I'm going to say Damian Maya with you. And I also like, I'm seeing odds on Damian Maya win in round one at plus 350. I might throw, I, I might lean on that too. Just, just looking at it, that's really high odds. Damian Maya, as you know, loves to get out there while everybody's dry, get hands on him and try to oh, choke yeah. him out. So I think Damian Maya in round one at plus 350 might be worth a stab. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there because I feel like 
um, you know, well, here's the thing. Let me, I'm, you know, we always talk about scouring books for, for errors here. And let, let me see how you feel about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me run this by you. I'm showing Lyman good in round one at plus 500 in round two at plus 750. Okay. Mm-hmm. Amy and Maya in round one at plus 350 Damian Maya in round two at plus 550. So with the over under being at a round and a half at mm-hmm. minus 160 and plus 135, what would be the downside to playing one unit on all four of those plays? If Damian Maya wins in the first round, you'd lose. If it's, no, because it's plus three fifty. It's plus, okay, yeah. Well, if it goes to the, I mean, if it goes to the third round, you're losing all four. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's obviously the big downside. But I'm so then just play. Is there? There's got to be a play. If there's a play inside of two rounds, like under two rounds, that would pro- that would just be that would cover them all. That would be the best play. Yeah, but I don't see that. Right. I don't, I don't see that. Now here's the other thing, though. Lyman good in round three at plus fourteen hundred. Chief. And Damian Maya at round three at plus twelve hundred. I'm just saying I don't know. If, yeah, if it if it goes to the third round, I don't see Lyman good winning. Like you said, it's the human backpack versus like a Greek god. Um I, a lot of that muscle is gonna be tired and Damian Maya dragging you down and holding on to you. And putting his weight on top of that muscle weight for ten plus minutes, I don't, I don't, I don't like the Lyman Good third round. And I, Damian Maya strikes me as the guy that if he gets to the third round and has the first and second locked up, play it safe, get the decision, and get out of there. Okay, so, all right. So what are we what are we suggesting for a play here? Because I'm I'm okay with anything we go with here. So what I, are you thinking? I like Damian Maya just to win at plus or at minus one eighty five. Yeah. All right, all right. I'm gonna uh, let me let me let me just throw a lean on that under one and a half. Then at plus one thirty five as well. I feel like mm. no, I don't think the over. No, no, no. I'm just saying I don't know about the main car or the main event, but I know that this next fight we're on the same guy. That'll be four favorites in a row. We rarely do that. Very that's rarely. A, that's why. I, that's why I'm having a really hard time with this card. Uh, like I said, you know, when, when we did the 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 pre-show uh, sort of roundtable talking about this. This Lyman Good Damian Maya fight was a hang-up for me, as well as this next fight. And uh, you know, without beating around the bush any further, Jose Aldo, Hanato Moicano, Aldo's plus one twenty uh, underdog, Moicano coming in at minus one forty over unders on uh, at two and a half rounds. Obviously, it being a three-round fight with the under two and a half coming in at plus one seventy-five. So what what are you thinking here? Because I, I think you know where I'm at on this. Yeah, I think you like the under two and a half in Moicano. Yes. And I, I like Moicano. Um, and yeah, I think the under I think the under two and a half, it's I don't think it's a bad play. Um Yeah, I'm I'm good with either one of those. I do like Moicano to win the fight for sure. I do too. I think his jab's going to be the difference maker. I also think that Moicano fights a lot like Max Holloway, and that has, I mean, obviously, you know, 
gives Aldo fits. Um, Aldo turned back the clock a little bit with his victory over Jeremy Stevens, but Jeremy Stevens is not Max Holloway, and he's damn sure not Hanato Moicano. Um, and Moicano has looked unstoppable despite a late TKO loss to uh, Brian Ortega, but you saw how Brian Ortega fared against Max Holloway, and we've seen how Jose Aldo has fared against Max Holloway twice. So there, that, that sort of negates that. Um, Moicano seems primed and ready to step into the spotlight. I don't know necessarily know if the King of Rio, uh, Mr. Aldo himself can turn back the clock one more time. Uh, you know, he just said recently that he's retiring at the end of 2019. And like I said, with the Dennis Bermudez fight, when a guy's got one foot out the door, it's real hard. Uh, knowing, you know, think about it. If you're Jose Aldo, you're in Rio or you're in Fortaleza, which is, which isn't that far. Um, but you've said you're going to retire at the end of this year. You know, even if you beat Moicano, you're not going to fight Holloway for a third time. So you know you're not going to get a title shot before you before you retire in to, at, at the end of 2019. So what's your motivation whenever the waters get muddy and, and, and the load gets heavy? Uh, where are you going to draw your strength from? I think Moicano goes out there. He gets that jab pump and he busts up all of his face and he gets him out of there under two and a half plus one seventy five. If not that, just Moicano at minus one forty. That I, that's where I like that. So main event: Rafael Sunsal versus Marlon Marais. The Magic Man himself, Marlon Marais. All right, what what are you thinking here, dude? Mm. Keep in mind these guys fought before. I know. And- and Marais yeah. edged out with a split decision. Um, most people thought it was a unanimous. Uh, but what do you think? What's the what's what's the odds on him? I don't have it up. Yeah, currently showing a sunset out plus one thirty. Marais coming back mm-hmm. minus one fifty. Over under is at four and a half rounds. It's good. It's wild, man. The, these these are really like as far as lines go. This is one of the most across the board, evenly matched main cards. Yes. I mean, Johnny Walker is not the main card, but that's your biggest favorite at a minus 210. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, this is this, – that's why it's, it's so tough. Um, I'm going Rafael Sensau. That's – that's – that's yeah. I'm taking the dog in the main, in the main event, plus 130. Okay. Well, he's got, like I said, he's got the win over, he's got the win over Marais, uh, before split decision. Most people thought that Marais won the fight. Um, the problem is that Marais took his foot off the gas pedal. I don't necessarily see him making the same mistakes this time. I think he's going to put it to him. I will say this. I think the Asunsau, um, I think, the, I think Asunsau winning this fight is devastating, um, to the UFC in the sense that they do not want this guy to get a title shot. They don't, they definitely don't want him to be champ. And the reason why I say that is, is the guy has only lost one time since 2011 and still it does not have a title wow. shot in the Bantamweight division. We're talking about Bantamweights. You have lost, you've lost one time um, since 2011. And that was to current Bantamweight champ, TJ Dillashaw. Mm-hmm. So the last thing they want to do is give this guy a title shot because otherwise he'd have had one by now, especially when you look at who he beat, right? Rob Font, Marlon Marais, 
Aljamain Sterling, Brian Caraway, Pedro Munoz. He actually beat TJ Dillashaw back in 2013. You know, the, the guy, um, if you weren't going to give him a title shot already, you know, they, they just don't want to, they don't want to. Um, and I tell you who they do want to give it to. They want to give it to Marlon Marais because he's one of Mark Henry's boys. When you know who trains with Mark Henry, your boy, Frankie Edgar, the king of title shots himself. Nobody in the UFC gets more title shots than Frankie Edgar. Nobody says that you know that that, Frank, that somebody deserves a title shot more than Frankie Edgar. So, um, a guy coming out of that same camp, they're dying to give him a shot. And you know, statistically, if you look at guys that come out of Mark Henry's camp, they do not fare well in rematches. Um, if you ask Frankie, uh, he'll tell you the same thing. You know, how many times was he unsuccessful? Uh, in rematches. So I'm with you. I like a Sun Salt plus 130. I'll go with that. I'll take that underdog. I look for him to get the job done again. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, so Sun Salt plus 130. Let's go Moicano and the under two and a half um, as a lean. All these, let's do, yeah, under two and a half on the lean. Lyman, good. Damian Maya. What did we decide? Where did we land on that? Damian Maya at the minus 185. Yes. Uh, yep. lean, lean on the under at a round and a half. Uh, Oliveira, David Tamir, under under a round and a half at the plus 130. Or no, we just went with Oliveira. Just Oliveira. Got Oliveira. it. Oliveira. We'll yep. switch that up. And then the Johnny Walker, Justin Ledette, we're going with the under two and a half at minus 145. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Uh, there's not really anybody else on the card that I'm seeing a, a whole lot of value. Saeed Nurmagomedov is fighting Ricardo Ramos on the fight pass prelims. Uh, Nurmagomedov's a plus 120. That might not that might not be uh, a bad stab if, if you're looking for somebody to throw some money on that's a underdog. But outside of that, dude, let's get into these. Uh, let's get into these Super Bowl plays real quick. I know we got a ton of them. Um, don't want to give all of our Super Bowl plays away, but we are going to cover quite a few of them. So. Uh, let, I'll just let you lead in, dude. Uh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, what's up, man? What do you got? Yeah, uh, Super Bowl Fifty Three, man. Pats Rams. Um, I've been going back and forth in this game so freaking much. Obviously, as everybody knows, I am a Patriots fan. My favorite player in the NFL is on the opposite side of the field, uh, Todd Gurley. I'm a Georgia Bulldogs fan as well, so watching the whole. You know, frenemy Todd Gurley Sony Michelle matchup is pretty sweet. Um, so I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying a play on here for the for the spread. I just want to throw a number out there that I told you earlier. The last twelve Super Bowls, the underdog has covered ten out of the twelve times. The only two times an underdog hasn't covered was Seattle when they didn't run the ball with Marshawn Lynch, which they should have, and they should have covered. They should have beat New England. And Atlanta when they blew the 28-3 lead against New England. So with that being said, analytically, the dogs have covered 10 out of the last 12 years, but those two times they didn't cover was against one of the teams that's in the Super Bowl this year who happens to be the favorite again. I'm going back and forth on if I like New England minus two and a half or if I like buying a point and taking the Rams plus three and a half. Probably look forward to it this weekend on Patreon. Probably going to be a, te- um, <clears throat> a tease 
to buy some points. Um, this game comes down to does New England come with their with the same attack that they had against the Chargers and they had against the Chiefs? Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, play action, and put Brady in a position where if you need him to win the game at the end, he can do so. Control the clock, keep the other offense off the field. Belichick is notorious for taking away your best option on offense and making you beat him other ways. Um, He did it when he was with the New York Giants when they played the Buffalo Bills. He went into the locker room and told his guys, hey, we're going to let Thurman Thomas run all over us. We're shutting down Jim Kelly. And what they do, they let Thurman Thomas run for 185 yards, but they won the Super Bowl because they took away their best option in quarterback Jim Kelly. I like that. I like him to do that with CJ Anderson and Todd Gurley in this game. Make Jared Goff prove himself. Make him beat you. Make him win this game. Over under, I'm not 100% sold on. I'll, like I said, that'll probably be part of the tease with the spread. Um, this game's going to be great, man. I, I'm so, I'm so excited. I do have some Super Bowl props that I want to go through with you real quick. Um, I'm going to ask your opinion. You give me your answer, and then I will give you the odds on it because I feel like some of these are absolutely outrageous odds that I'm not going to be able to pass on. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. right. So how many times will Jim Nance and Tony Romo say Gronk? Over, under two and a half. Over. Right. That seems too easy, right? Every, yeah, because he's going to have more than two receptions, and they're going to say exactly. they're going to say it every time he catches it, and they're also going to say it uh, probably in every time that they feel like it's time for him to start getting involved in the action. Absolutely, and with how much Romo talks and how much he predicts plays, Gronk will be said it could be it could be three times in one play because it'll be uh oh Gronk's lining up top single coverage right up past the Gronk. Yeah, because he's not going to say Gronkowski yeah. every time. He's too shorthand no. with the way he talks. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. absolutely right. Okay, so that's that's a minus 110. I think that over two and a half is easy money. Will Jim Nance or Tony Romo say GOAT? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go no. I'm going to mm. go no. I think, that's too, I think that's too modern of a language. What, uh, go ahead. what if I told you the yes was a plus 400? Wow, then I'd say it's worth a stab. Absolutely, because if Brady, if if New England wins the game, Tony Romo will call Brady the goat on the air. Hundred percent. Right. There's no doubt right. in my mind. So you're saying you're basically betting the Pats at a plus four hundred. That's that's what you're getting. It's, I love that. Um, another one that I think you know it's so hit or miss, but will Gladys Knight? leave out or omit a word from the national anthem. No, I don't think that she will. Uh, and I think, I think that Gladys Knight will, I think she's going to nail it. I'll obviously think that, uh, I, th- I think that a woman like that has been singing the national anthem longer than you and I have been alive. So I think right. that it's a fair play that she's at least going to nail it. I would almost rather bet on whether or not she's going to try to church it up a little bit or say something after you know it's not uncommon for when somebody's singing the national anthem to go something to the effect of yeah after you know after that and god bless america or 
you know, in this instance, she may yell something to the, the tune of like black lives matter or something like that. You know, she, th- there's, there could literally be an infinite number of variables of things she might yell after she's done, but I think she gets it done flawlessly. It's Gladys Knight, dude. She's, she's a, she's an American treasure. I think she gets it done flawlessly. Right. What's the, but okay. But when, when sing, uh, like when singing, Right. It, it doesn't have to be, you know, a, it doesn't have to be, you know, rockets from the rockets, red glare. It can be as something as, you know, of and home of the brave. It's a plus 700. Yes. That she's going to mess something up. Okay. But here's the thing though. Who's oh. the, who's the person out there? Who's the person out there that's, that's determining whether or not she notes through of or yeah. enunciates of when she's doing home of the brave because it could be home of the like she could li- literally yeah. like now who's the person that's making that determination because i don't like putting that much weight into somebody else's opinion on what I what w- she's singing i want his job that's what i, I want well, i want his job too yeah but i think <laughs> i think no matter what when you have a situation like that you're gonna you're gonna piss some people off but i guess if you're owning a or running a sports book you're used to that i would stay away from that one me personally okay. i'd stay away i I like the under on the 110 seconds. She sang the national anthem multiple times. Um, the most recent time was six years ago. It was at a minute 19. So it was only at 79 seconds. That's 31 seconds of leeway. That's a lot of churching up and extending notes. Um, She's not Fergie. So she doesn't have the vocal right. range of, of oh, Fergalish. Okay. So she is going to, she is going to sing it a little bit faster. My thing with the, this this national anthem over under thing, and, and you help me out with this. I feel like the day prior to the game itself, that not that that changes entirely because they start running rehearsals. So that line's going to move one way or the other because somebody somewhere is going to get that out on rehearsals how fast she's singing. Well, since wagering came out on stuff like this, they keep that extremely tight locked. Because okay. people do people do bet a lot of money on that kind of like on this kind of stuff. So, right. I mean, that's something to pay attention to. Um, couple more color of the liquid poured on the winning coach. I'd stay away. I'm staying away. Okay, I like blue at a plus four hundred. Uh, New England's five Super Bowl wins, four out of the five times it was blue. I think you know, as the favorite, I'm taking a plus four hundred on the blue. If there's no, if there's nothing dumped. Then you don't lose. Um, Here's and, my thing with the Gatorade. Here's my okay. thing with the Gatorade is that uh, Steve Fezzik, you know who Fezzik is, the guy who won the yes. Super Contest twice. He was claiming on his podcast or a podcast that he's on that he has insider information on the color of the Gatorade and is offering a Super Bowl prop bet sheet um, for this game. Now, I don't know that it's going to be on that that prop sheet. I don't know that. However, it is already determined at least by the information that he's gotten that what, what the color on both sides is going to be. So but here's the, it, it dep- I mean, it all depends on what jug the players actually pick up. It's there's not like a designated I'm, I'm calling bullshit on him because there's not a designated jug. The players pick up, they take the closest jug to them and it all depends on if it's the defense or the offense, whichever team's on the side, like whichever part of the team's on the sideline, they sit at opposite ends of the bench. 
if it's you know if Brady prefers well Brady doesn't drink Gatorade that's absolutely ludicrous. Of course if, he doesn't drink Gatorade, dude. You can't live forever if you're going well, to drink okay. Gatorade. Gatorade kills you slowly from the inside out. Everybody knows so, this. So the Rams will have the ball last. I'm putting my tinfoil hat on here. Okay. The Rams will have the ball last. New England will make the final stop. All right. So the offense will be on the bench. Gronk's the biggest goofball on the bench. He will pick it up. Gronk eats Tide Pods, blue or orange. Those are the colors. Done. Yeah, your tinfoil okay. hat's all the way on with that blue or orange. Uh, yep. Good. All right. Well, and what? Good. I was going to say, what about the clear part of the Tide Pod that goes right in the middle that's like white ish, yeah, like white clear? Yeah. Well, white's not an option. Well, what if they grab what? It should be. What if it's glacial cherry? But it's not. White's not an option. You what? got lime, lime, green, and yellow are all combined into one. I'm going white. And ain't nobody drinking yellow or lime or green Gatorade. Them that's like drinking red Gatorade. You're sick, disgusting. Oh, yeah, orange is gross. No, uh, no, 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 no. Yes, no, blue Gatorade's the only Gatorade. Glacier Freeze, the light blue. No, Riptide Rush, which also tastes no. like liquid gummy bears. Right. Purple, yeah, good stuff. <clears throat> All right, I got one last one. This is the one that I really like. Okay. <clears throat> Because I am a huge Adam Levine fan. Of course big you are. Maroon, big Maroon 5 guy. Everybody okay. knows you knows you're a Big Maroon 5 guy. Big Maroon 5 guy. Yeah. <clears throat> when I heard that they were playing the halftime show, they're like, they're, I'm not trying to be like fanboy or whatever. Oh, you Instantly, <clears throat> I was No, I am pumped. I think it's going to be a great halftime show because I think they're great performers. Good. Instantly, there was one song that popped into my head that would be the opening song, and I think it just it just makes you it gives you the feel of a Super Bowl halftime show the way the song starts, and it's coming in at a plus six hundred. I like Sugar at a plus six hundred to be the first song performed by Maroon Five. Sugar, yes. I'm not going to sing it because I got a scratchy throat, and I don't want people to think I got bad vocals. Yeah, scratchy throat. That's what's stopping you. Got it. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh it's de- it's definitely it's definitely a scratchy throat that's keeping you from singing Maroon 5, that's for sure. Uh I like moves like Jagger. I think if, if I think that's probably this is the dumbest prop bet ever. Oh my gosh. Um uh, I listen, I hit it I hit it uh I hit Lady Gaga la- or what was that 2 years ago? I hit Lady Gaga. Um Edge of Glory was her first song. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, listen. As far as I'm concerned, you could bring Lady Gaga or Bruno Mars back every single year to be halftime performers. I don't know if there's a better performer on the planet Earth than Bruno Mars. And I'm not trying to. Uh, it's just, dude, that guy's he's so good. He's, he's like a modern little, day Michael Jackson. He is. He is like a five foot two ball of wonder. That guy's absolutely wild. All and right. One more. I yeah. la- listen. I'm going for a three peat because last year I hit. At a plus eight fifty, oh, that Justin Lord. Timberlake's first song would be filthy. So, I'm going for the three peat. I'm calling sugar. All right, sugar. Well, I'm I'm okay with that. All right, C- can we do an actual betting line for this game though? Uh, yeah, like a player prop. Well, we can do player props for sure. But how about the the first half over under is at twenty seven? I like the under at twenty seven. Yeah, I do too. New England's got three points in the first quarter in their eight combined Super Bowls right. since Brady and Belichick have been there. 
notoriously slow starters in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I like I like the the under in the first half. All right, so player prop wise, what do you what are you thinking? Because I I think we've already talked about and we haven't talked about it here, but we talked about it in the pre show. Uh, the Cooks and Gronk plays, but I've also I'm also looking at a bunch of matchups as well. So mm-hmm. uh, you tell me what you what you like or what you've got in front of you, and I'll 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 pull up some of mine real quick just so I make sure I have the numbers right. I like I'm I'm heavy on Sony Michelle in this game. I like Sony Michelle over seventy six and a half rushing yards. Okay. Um, Sony Michelle yeah. over what is it? Sony Michelle 70, over 76 and a half. Yeah. Got it. Sony Michelle over 76 and a half rushing yards. Just rushing yards, not total yards, rushing Correct. yards. Gotcha. Well, okay. his over under on receiving yards is one and a half if you're trying to get in on that. <laughs> you know what? Actually, you know what? I think like that might be a good play because you know they're going to check down to him at least once. Here's the thing he can't catch the ball for shit. Well, it's so it's so obvious when Sony Michelle's in the game that you're not passing it out of the backfield, and it's so obvious when James White's in the game that you're not running the ball, but it still works for them. Um, a play I always make. I, I do this. I did it in the national championship, both sides of the ball. I uh, I always take the first rushing attempt by both starting running backs. I take the under. So I'm taking the under three and a half on Sony Michelle's first rushing attempt. Okay, so running, hold on, running backs sure. have to get the deal. Let me make sure I got this right. So we're playing Sony Michelle's first running attempt will be under under three and a half yards. Under three and a half yards. Got it. Yes. Sony Michelle first rushing attempt under three and a half yards. What's that coming in at? Uh, minus one thirty. Minus one thirty. Got it. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, I'm looking at wide receivers right now. Well, Todd Gurley's only at 65 and a half for rushing yards. I mean, that's what happens when the bulldozer CJ Anderson comes in after woofing down some KFC. That's right. He's huge, man. He's huge. All right, let it's me run you let me run you through some of these. All right. Yep. Wide receiver or just receiving matchups. All right. Gronkowski versus Robert Woods. Hold mm. on. Uh actually, you know what? You go ahead and just just talk for a second. I've got to I've got to okay. handle this. Go ahead and keep talking. All right. All right. Well, I'll go with the Gronkowski versus Robert Woods. Um, I don't even know the numbers. I know Gronkowski's receiving yards is 59 and a half. The under is coming in at even money. And Robert Woods, let's see, here's Brandon Cooks. Robert Woods receiving yards is 71 and a half. So it would be Robert Woods minus 12 as far as receiving yards goes. I'd probably take Robert. Mm-hmm. 12 yards. I take Woods because I think that I think Stefan Gilmore is going to be blanketing Brandon Cooks and that's going to leave some exposure, especially if JC Jackson's on Robert Woods and Woods has that big playability. So I'd probably take Robert Woods minus 12. I don't I'm not sure what the actual line is. Um but some other ones I like is Brandon Cooks under uh 72 and a half. Like I said, Gilmore should be blanketed on him the entire game. So I like Brandon Cooks under 72 and a half. Um, ooh, I, mm, Will Gronk go? Uh, no, it's a plus 140. I don't know, man. There's a, there's a lot. Uh, total receptions by Edelman. I'd probably say under seven and a half. 
There we go, dude. I'm trying to. I've been trying to unmute this thing for like 35 seconds now. What the heck is going on? What was right. that Robert Woods Gronkowski line? Oh, Robert Woods Gronkowski. They're going heads up. Um, they got it at Gronk's coming in at plus 21 and a half. 21. Holy shit. No, it's a it's a head to head matchup now. Maybe I'm not. Yeah, maybe 20, I'm not. Pretty, yeah. No, you yeah. are. That's that's saying. Okay. Robert Woods is going to catch for 22 more yards than Gronk. Right. I just want to make sure. Okay. I just want to make sure you were following me on this. But yeah, they got Gronkowski right. and yeah. Woods going head to head at Gronk, being mm. at plus 21 and a half. I'm I, I'm taking Gronk on that. Okay. It's coming well, in at minus a, 115. A that 20. Yeah. That's I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Julian Edelman, Robert Woods. They got Edelman coming in at minus eight and a half. Robert Woods. Uh, see, I, I kind of want to go Edelman on that one. But then Robert Woods catches that 65-yard touchdown, and both of them were muffed. Right. Um, I like – okay, so I like the Edelman over Woods, the, the minus eight, more than I like Woods or Gronk plus 21. So I like the Edelman over Woods more because I think Edelman – I mean, so the Rams against the play action this year, worst in the league. Uh, the, the quarterback rating was like a 140 or something right. like that when against the play action. Um, who's going to eat on play actions? Julian Edelman across the middle of the field. Right, Julian Edelman the, the, play action. The, play to go. Yeah, those deep post routes, Edelman's going to sink behind those linebackers, and that's an easy 20, 25 yards. So I like I like the Edelman minus eight over Robert Woods. All right, I'm going to give one more, and then we're going to tie a bow on this thing. Guys, there will be a full Super Bowl prop bet sheet available. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you will get that. Everybody else, if you want that, DM us on Instagram. We will be doing a Super Bowl special. I know I said the other day that we'll be doing 25 bucks for the weekend, but I'm feeling pretty good. I've had a pretty good week, um, and I think that we might be able to work a little something out, especially if you are a follower of us on Instagram. We've seen an influx of you guys lately there, and I appreciate that greatly. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram, shoot us a message. Uh, shoot us a little DM on there. We're going to put together a prop bet sheet and a bunch of other stuff for that, and we're going to give a super discounted price on that. And if it doesn't hit, we're going to give 100% money back. Um, if we do not make you money on that, if that sheet does not come out on the positive, We'll do full money back. Not we'll give you a month free, all this other stuff that some people do. We're going to give you a bet sheet. You play everything on the bet sheet. It makes money. The bet sheet comes out on top. Money back guarantee. Soup, how do you feel about that? No, I like it. I like it. Um, Yeah, like I listen, guys, I got these props. (laughs) I got these props. Sugar. Sugar. Okay. Well, (laughs) dude, I can't believe you're a Maroon 5 fan. Actually, I can I can't believe that. All that's right. Rude. No, that's a, listen, like you, you seem like a guy that likes a dude with a good falsetto and Adam Levine has got a good falsetto. And I feel listen, like I, I've told, I've told my wife that I would leave her for Adam Levine. That's weird. That, he, no, he's he like, is flexible dude, though. He's flexible. He's, I'll give you that. He's, he's, he's funny as hell mm. and he's a damn good. He, you, he's funny. Okay. Oh man. Okay. All right. He's fun. Okay, let's put it this way. So he's funny in the same way Shaq's funny. And did, I feel like so, I, I can't even claim this as my no, own thought because no, I feel no, like somebody Shaq's said this at idiot. some point. Shaq's an idiot. Adam Levine's not an idiot. I think Shaq is funnier than Adam Levine, and I think neither one of them are like genuinely funny. But 
it is what it is. I'm not, I, you know, you like them and that's fine. There's music that I like that you don't like. So that's, we're allowed to have a, a difference of opinion here. So that's okay. And I, I can appreciate that you, you like Adam Levine so much that you're going to bat for him. And I'm sure uh, at some point you'll, you'll really, uh, he'll really appreciate that. So anyway, let's wrap this thing up. Let's put a bow on it. Uh, I didn't tell you this, but we've been doing Instagram live this whole episode. So uh, there have been people that have been watching us on there. Appreciate you guys for that. I uh, want to go through, give shout outs to the locations that were top locations for the last week. And you guys stuck with us through the Tuesday touchback nonsense slash killing uh, to kill a mockingbird. Oh, you weren't kidding. Nope. You were, I, I just pulled it up. Yep. Wasn't joking. When's the last time you showered? Uh, you know what? I stayed up all night last night because I've been working on something big and it's been a while. So it's been about 28 hours. So yeah, I could tell. Yep. All right. You, you know, it's just the, listen, you, you get what you get with me. Uh, I'm up, I'm working, I'm grinding, dude. I'm not, listen, I've, I've told you this before and I tell everybody this. I'm not trying to work till I'm dead. I'm not trying to work till I'm dead. So I'm up. I'm, I got ideas. Once the brain gets going, it gets cooking. The idea factory gets turned on. It's hard to shut this line down, dude. And I was up late last night and, uh, you know, it, it was just, and it's been a long day at work. It's been, it's been a long week. Uh, but we've been, we've been grinding and we're coming out on top. All right. Top countries, us, Canada, the UK, Australia, Germany, New Zealand, Spain, Vietnam, and Ireland coming in top cities. You want to take a shot at top cities. You're not going to get this. Who the fuck? Who the fuck? (laughs) The notorious one himself has been listening to us. Um, (laughs) All right. Top cities. We got a new top city. Never had this one before. Uh, Avita, Florida. No, Toronto. What? Yeah, T dot coming in number one. All right. All right. Then London, Honolulu, San Jose, my man, DC, Daniel Cormier, double champ. Still listening. Appreciate you, brother. Ashburn, Virginia. Shout out to uh uh what's old boy's name? Nick Patton and the boys there in Virginia or the DMV area. Appreciate y'all. Uh Washington. Uh we got also got Seattle, Mountain View, California, and then the Berg, obviously. So that's it, man. That's top cities, top top countries, all that good stuff, man. So uh, I got nothing else, dude. I'm I'm ready to go. I'm probably gonna go take a shower, like you said. That that probably seems to be the uh, the best course of action for me at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a terrible choice. Um, you good? You signed off? Yeah, I'm good, man. Do your thing. Don't, okay. Please hold a second. Don't do like some Maroon Five dedication. <laughs> oh, listen, yep. guys. Um, big weekend. Super Bowl Fifty Three. You know, like the Pats have been saying, we're still here. We're still here. One more one more win. Come on, number six. I'm sick of living in the Pittsburgh area. I'm sick of, oh, we've got six. You guys got five. <laughs> it's number six, baby. It's number six. We've got six. Oh, I guess, okay, we'll have three since you guys won your last one. I'm, I'm sick of Yinzers. Number six comes this weekend. Go Pats. Oh, my God. As always, guys, clear eyes. Tom Brady can't lose. All right. Later, guys.